0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at
1: freechapel.org.
0: verse 8. You remember? Wave at me if you remember last week, you were here last week. If you weren't, real quickly, we talked about a verse where David wrote and he said, taste and see that God is good. We talked about the fact that David didn't say read and see, he didn't say sing and see, he didn't say preach and see, he didn't say smell and see. Remember we were cooking bacon here on stage. How many of you went and bought bacon after and got breakfast because it made you so hungry? That was the whole point of the exercise was to help you see that the purpose of smell is to draw you to a place of taste. That it's no good if we leave church saying, well, that smelled good, that sermon smelled good, or we say the word felt, that felt good, that song felt good, that message felt good, those people felt good, they were nice. And as good as that is, and as nice as smell is, smell doesn't sustain us throughout the week. Remember, we talked about that. And we talked about how it's important for you to take the word that smells good that we preach on Sunday and dig into it a little bit more on Monday to Saturday, and that's how you will grow. The same way if you were to try and survive off one meal a week on a Sunday, you would never grow naturally. Yet too many Christians try and do that and wonder why they're not living in the fullness of what God's plan is for their life. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue with this. Can we continue with it? And we're going to roll into the second part of this psalm. The second part of the psalm that David wrote. Remember, we talked about the fact that David wasn't sitting by a pool or sitting in a jacuzzi with an umbrella drink when he said, Taste and see that God is good. David's life in that moment sucked. It was not good. But he still said, Taste and see that God is good. Because, he, because David had a revelation that the goodness of God was not dependent upon his surroundings, and the next thing that David says is, David says this word as a church word that we say in church a lot, and he says, "Blessed is the man who trusts in Him." Blessed—it sounds good, doesn't it? Like blessed. You know, when we when we say blessed, we think of cash, don't we? I don't know about you, but I do. When, when someone says, you want to live blessed, I'm like, yes. We, just, we think we think if someone's blessed, then they've got a nice car. If someone's blessed, then they've got this pimp house. If someone's blessed, they're rolling. They're, I mean, they're blessed. They've got some stuff. That's, that's what we think. But I want to show you there are times in the Bible where that word, part of that word can mean things that are tangible, blessing, but that's not what David was talking about. When David said, taste and see that God is good, and then he said, blessed is the man who trusts in him, that word blessed is a Hebrew word, and it's actually made up of two different words that culminate together, come together, to make this one word blessed, which is what David was talking about, and it's the word heshah. Let me show you. Eshah. e s h. The other word to it is very similar, just two different letters. It's asher, A-S-H, A-R. The first word actually means to be happy. To be happy. That sounds good, doesn't it? Who doesn't want to be happy? The second word that David is referring to, and the word that really encapsulates what David is trying to say when he says, blessed is the man who trusts in him, the interpretation for the word, it actually means, listen to me, to be level. So David is saying, if you taste and see that God is good, level is the man who depends upon God. Steady is the man who depends upon God. Stable I feel like a magician up here. Look at all these little things I've got going on. Look, 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 look. I used to work in construction. I used to be a builder. All those builders said right. Oh, I used to be a builder. And, and and one of the essential tools within the construction industry is actually level And David David was saying if you would be people that wouldn't just smell a god on like a surface level if you would be people that would trust in God and depend upon him you will be level You're going to be steady I don't know about you, but Blind Freddy can look around the world right now and see we need some steady people, don't we? We need some stable people, don't we? We don't need shaky Christians that are ready to fall apart the moment life doesn't go their way. And God is looking for a church that is stable, that's that's, that's steady, that's steady. So, so this is what David's talking about. And so this is really, really important. This is important. And it's actually really interesting that David uses this and this this ties so well into the metaphor of what it means to build something because I want you to understand something that's really key to, to the God that we serve and is this, that your God is a builder. God is a builder. Yes, he's a savior. Yes, he's a healer. Yes, he's a redeemer. Yes, he's a father. But God is actually a builder. All throughout the Bible, you see references to this metaphor that is building. Jesus is referred to as the cornerstone. Paul talked about the master builder, when Jesus came to the earth, when God wrapped himself in flesh, of all of the occupations he could have done, he didn't come and become a plumber, he didn't become and become a housewife, he didn't become and become a chef, he came as a builder. So why is this important? You sit there and think, well Ben, I got up early in the morning and came out here to sit outside and have my king scream at me the whole time, just for have you to tell me that God's a builder, big it. It's really important that we understand and we get a deeper revelation of who God is. Why? Because remember, I'm created in His image. So when I get a deeper understanding of who my God is, I then get a better understanding of who I am. So if God is a builder, then what am I? I'm a builder. So, you may sit there and think, well, Ben, I'm a housewife. No, you're not just a housewife, you're a builder. You're not just a businessman or woman, you're a builder. You're not just a teenager that's studying in high school, you are a builder. You were put here on this earth to build something that is the kingdom of God that's called to shine through your life. I'm a builder, we're builders. So, so if we establish that as a bit of a foundation, if we all see, okay, okay, I'm a builder, um, so so wh- wh- how does this apply to my life? If, if we get the understanding and, and the revelation that I'm a builder and that everything that I do, everything that... I, 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 I fill my time with every, every behavior I walk, operate in every, everything that I'm doing day to day is not just living my life it's actually building something in my life changes the way I look at what I'm doing because I realize that my behavior is actually building to something and so what I need to then ask myself is what am I building and can I be building better? Can I be building my life better? That's what I want to preach on for the next couple of minutes is, is how to build better. How to build better. Remember last week, see, because Paul actually says in First Corinthians, if you want to write a verse down, First Corinthians verse 10, Paul said this, he says, we have to, speaking of the church, Paul said to the church in Corinth, remember we talked about Corinth and they were a little bit crazy, remember what happens in in Corinth, it's like that, so Paul said to the church in Corinth, he said, take heed... Be careful how you're building your life, because if you're not careful and strategic in how you're building your life, you will blink and look at your life and wonder, how did I get here? You didn't get there just by mistake, just by happenstance. You got there by wrong behaviors that built in a wrong way. So there is a way that we can build better. There's a way that we can build better. And so remember we talked about the goodness of God last week? last week i made this statement and i said that there has to be a foundation that we live on and build our life upon and it's the foundation that god is good now listen i want you to i want you to to, to really ride with me in the next few minutes because what i'm doing today is i'm setting it up for next week okay there's too much in here for us to cover it all. It's a big meal, okay? So I'm going to give you a smell, give you a little to-go box, something to eat tomorrow, and then come back and we'll hit it again on next week. Does that sound okay? Because I want to actually get some, something substantial in your life through the Word of God that we're going to build upon. Okay, so Paul says, Paul says, Paul says this thing, take heed how you build. And, And it's really important. That's why I said last week, we have to build upon the foundation that God is good. Now, why is it so important? Why does it matter, Ben? Why does it matter where I build my life? Why does it matter? Why am I talking, Ben? Why are you talking about the foundation that God is good? Why does it matter? Why does it matter where I build? Because. Because where you build, whenever you want to build something in the natural, many people know this and real estate agents love to say it's all about location, location, location. Because where you build determines what you experience. And some people look at their life and don't like where they are and they get upset at the location or the experience. The problem is you built in the wrong place. I was, I was looking, I love getting on Zillow. Anyone love getting on Zillow? Zillow? And I look at properties. I look at properties, like, like you know, where they are and where they're located and how much they are. And uh, and I was looking, you know, at, at Orange County. We live in Orange County, of course, and so we're looking at Orange County. Do you know that the median house price for a home in Orange County is $800,000? Dear Lord, help us all, right? That's the median house price. I was looking at locations on Zillow across the United States, just out of interest, you know, just, just looking at different places and what places are for sale, and, you know, I'm always interested in things like that, because, you know, I used to do building and stuff like that, so I was looking at different places. Do you know that I found a place, I wrote it down, there's a place called Huntsville, Alabama. Is anyone here from Huntsville, Alabama? I hope not. Listen to me. Listen. I looked at Huntsville, Alabama, I found it, I found it on on, on the internet and I looked at it. Huntsville, um, Alabama is, how do I put this? You get the, it's the most economically, it's the cheapest place to live in America, okay? I looked at it. Do you know the median price for a house in Huntsville, Alabama is $52,000? Don't move because I want you to stay in this church. The problem was that I kept looking. I started looking at Huntsville, Alabama, and I started looking at properties and acreage. Do you know for $800,000? Alabama. 800 grand here, bro, you're just a regular house owner. In Huntsville, Alabama, you are living your life as a chic for $800,000. You have acreage. You have property. It is huge. But let me tell you the problem with all of that acreage and all of that property and it's this. You will be in Huntsville, Alabama. Why? Because that's where you built. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and we that I used to party with, and he's my age now. He's forty, and he's still single. And we used to party or whatever, and and, uh, and hang out. And I'm always pushing him. I'm like, "Bro, I said, bro, when are you going to date a chick? You need to like go on a date, like find a good girl. You know, like let's get this thing done already, like." Come on, bro. You're forty, and, and he gets all frustrated, and he's you know he's a Christian guy now, living right, and and he used to party with crazy, and
1: and, and and
0: so I said this to him, and I said, you gotta, and he said, I said, you gotta find a good girl, bro, and just you know make this thing happen, you know. And he said to me the other week we're talking, and he's like, bro, I'm just, dude. He said to be honest, it's so difficult, it's so hard. I was thinking back. Back in the day, he's like, this would be so easy back in the day. He said, I could go to a bar with have a couple of drinks and close this deal real quick, you know. And he started saying this to me. And he said, his biggest, he said, the biggest challenge now is, is," uh, he said, to be honest, the biggest battle is I'm thinking to myself, why worry waiting for a good Christian girl? Why don't I just find a good girl? She might not be safe. And why don't I just settle down? Why don't I just build my life from that? Because sometimes... Things seem easier in the short term, but create complications in the long run. I said to him, bro, I didn't say this to him, but it'll make sense to you. You could do that, but you would be in Huntsville, Alabama. And you would wake up in 10 years' time with a wife that you were unequally yoked with, looking out on the porch of your house, wondering, how the heck did I get here? And it's not because the devil's so big, bad, and ugly. It's simply because you built wrong businessmen that are trying, and women that are trying to do life right and build their business honestly and do things accordingly word and not cheat on taxes and not be honest with people. How many of you know it could happen a lot quicker and faster if you cut a few corners, couldn't it? But you would be in Huntsville, Alabama. That's where you would be. So it's so important. So Ben, I understand the importance of foundation. I understand the importance of living my life based upon the foundation that God good you know what we used to have when i when i would do building the first thing i did in building was i was a framer so we would frame frame the house and before you put a frame up before you build a frame you have to have what they call in australia we call it a bottom plate and the bottom plate is important because the bottom plate sets the standard or sets the foundation by which the rest of the house is built upon so this is what we're talking about. We talked about it last week. This is our bottom plate. Our bottom plate is the revelation and the understanding that, say it with me, God is good. Some of you were very disobedient. God is good. So we established that last week. Can we establish, okay, I need to build my life on that. Some of you got it and some of you didn't. Some of you liked the message because you like bacon and some of you didn't like it that much. But you look at this and you think, okay, God is good. God is good. God is good. And I get that. But let me tell you the problem that too many of us make when it comes to the bottom plate. God is good. See, the bottom plate, you have to understand when it comes to building a home, you don't take the bottom plate and just sit it on dirt. The bottom plate has to be sit, sat upon a firm Foundation. So what is the foundation? What is the revelation that will support this statement? Because when you say it, some of you get it, some of you believe it, but some of you are not sure. Let me tell you why so many of us are not sure. Because what we do is what we do is we, we look at our life and we say, Okay, Ben, I want to build my life. I get it, build my life preachers nice, let's start to develop a list of what I want my life to be. What do we want our life to be? You know, New Year's Eve, we get all inspired and we sit down and we get our little journal and we go sit a little cup of tea in the morning on the next day or first day of a brand new year and we sit down by a pretty window by the beach and we start to write down, what do I want my life to be this year? Right? And we start jotting down things. And, and maybe you're here and you're single and you think, you know what? I I want I want a great family. Godly, isn't it? Many of you don't think so. Okay, well, well look, families. Families godly. Let's, let's establish that's one of the things. It feels, I mean, it feels pretty sturdy. Come on, you can trust family. Blood's thick of the water, bro. Half of you got it tattooed on your elbow. Familia. That was for you. Listen, we write it down... Come on, family. I can build on family. Family, let's go. What else? What's next on my journey? I write down. I think, man, what am I going to do? Well, well, let's not get too spiritual. We want success. Come on, don't look at me all religious, holding your big fat Bible, not pretending you don't want to make some money tomorrow. Hey, and that's good. The hand of the diligent shall rule God wants whatever you put your hand in. Do it with all your might. you got to. Come on got to work, so we want to be successful, let's put that one there, let's start building this thing, bro, let's start building my life, this is a good life, Sophie, you got good family, you got good, uh, what else you got, marriage, here we go, shake and bake, who wants a good marriage, come on, bit of love, bit of compassion, a little bit of spice, a little action, come on, it's good. Marriage is good, is it? It's from God, let's put that in there. Let's put marriage there. I made marriage higher than the other ones, both. Playing my cards right. Don't worry about me. Here we go. What about what about friends? What about friends? Listen, there's a scripture for that. There's safety isn't there. Safety in a multitude of wise counsel. So I'm on good friends. Good friends, good friends, see, I'm building something. Building something? It's looking good. Here we go. What else you, what about, hey, you know what? What about just what about just being a nice person? What a novel idea in this day and age. What about listen, what about, what about just being nice? I was with some buddies of mine a couple weeks ago and they were at this, this very sinful place called the Tahoe Pile and, and we were there with, with with one of the guys in the church that that, that does tattoos. And I uh, was sitting there and, and he said, in case you ever notice, I have some. And, uh, and apparently I'm going to hell, but I'm not. And so um, they, uh, he said to me, he said, oh, do you want to, he said, and we are about to finish, and he said, do you want to get one, bro? you want to get another one? He's done different tattoos that I have. And I said, sure, let's, let's do it. And, and And he said, what do you want? And I said, and it was right in the middle of all of the craziness going on. And I'm watching, you know, it's like, month or two ago, and I'm watching people killing each other on the streets of people. And I, I looked at him, I said, you know what? Write the words, be nice, right there on my elbow. He said, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So he does it, and Caressa, Caressa like FaceTimes me, you know, because she always has a the tick, the tick of approval, because the Bible says that my body's not mine, my her body's hers, so she gets to the side, and she used to be really strict with tattoos, but now I've just sort of worn her down, so now she's like, whatever, do whatever I'm And so we FaceTimed and she said, what did you get? And I said, babe, I got be nice. And she said, no, really, what did you get? I said, no, really, I got the letters be nice because I'm sick of seeing people be mean. So I thought, I believe it enough. too. So so what about that? Let's go, let's go. It's hard sometimes. It's funny that Christians find it hard to be nice, but they do. So I thought, be nice. I want to build my life on being nice. And, and, and what about kindness? Are you getting the picture I'm painting here? So let's let's just skip to it. Let's, let's, you know, I just want to be generous. Let's, be, let's go generous. Can you see that? Stand up if you need to, if you can't see. Generous. Oh, it's okay, it's okay. And self-control, we all need some of that. Some of you, okay. We'll preach on that next week. Self-control. what I want my life to be. That's good, isn't it? That would tweet nice, do a little Instagram post. This would make a good little little, little, little stone on you, you know, when you get buried and say, he was a family person, he was married, he was nice. Do you know what the problem with this is? If you try to, as nice as it is, if you try to establish this as the foundation to support this revelation. It'll hold. I mean, it's holding. Barely. Until things start getting shaky in your family. If you listen, listen. If your revelation... Of God being good is based upon the state of your family, the problem your family starts to shake, so does your revelation. And you will start to question well, if God is really good, then why did I just go through a divorce? If your listen to me, if your revelation of God is good is based upon your success, what happens when you declare bankruptcy? Will your revelation of who God is start to shake? And will your walk with God start to fall because of what you have built it upon? See, what we have to do is we have to establish a firm foundation. So real quickly, real quick, we see it. I hope you get it. You get it, right? This is what too many of us are doing. Too many of us are doing. And we can declare that God is good as long as everything else is good. But remember David, whose life was falling apart, but he still said God's good. And it created for him a life even when it's holding together. It's still not level.
1: It's still not level.
0: And because, you know what? Because most of the things that we want in life to go right are dependent upon people. And let me tell you something that's crazy about people that will blow your mind. Write this down. This is deep. People... Just be- being- Come on, man. Pastor Chance is the best. What are you talking about? see too many Christians start to get shaky So we established. But what's going to hold this thing up? Then we get it now, right? We get it. That's what we need. I need God is good. I need God is good. What supports God is good? What holds it up so that it will not go down? What's going to keep this revelation in my life level? I'm going to show you something. your God does. I want to talk about who your God is. Because if you try to support your foundation of God is good based upon what your God does, what happens when he does something that you didn't want him to do? Or what happens when he starts to outwork the word of God that says his ways are not my ways, ways. So what happens when God pivots and something comes across my way that I didn't think he was going to do? And all of a sudden, it makes this foundation shake. So I want to tell you four quick things about your God that will support this foundation. That is unbreakable. unbreak. You want to leave level, unshakable? I'll give you something. I want you to write down. Get your phone. Punch on your phone. Steal your neighbor's phone if you need to. Begin this down. First thing about your God. message of Jesus Christ and I know that David knew it because David after that joker screwed up with Bathsheba if you don't know the story go read it it's like a Hollywood movie how do I know that David knew that God was grace because after he messed up with Bathsheba and he got confronted on it he sat down and he wrote this in Psalm 51 he said create in me a cleaner heart oh God and renew a right spirit in Let me put it in modern-day terms. David said to God, God, I screw God, help me, help me. I'm appealing to your grace. Let me tell you though, if you just have a revelation of God's grace alone, and you try and build He's good on that. is grace so I can do Grace, but he also understood truth. But watch it if I have. Says that we trans- you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do you know what the word transform means? It means to renovate. So maybe you're here and you're starting to feel, man, this sucks because I realize that I've built my life upon the wrong things. That's okay. Next week we'll start renovation, and we'll start to pull down. And to me, I said, "This is God." I said, "God."